Welcome to Notes from the Backpack, a PTA podcast. Get the inside scoop on how to help your child become successful in and out of school. As parents, we know that your child can sometimes forget to share the notes from their backpack. That's why we've launched this podcast just for you. Welcome back to Notes from the Backpack, a PTA podcast. I'm Helen Westmoreland. And I'm Keisha DeSandys-Lester, and we're your co-hosts. As some of you may know, we at National PTA just finished updating the national standards for family school partnerships, which guides family engagement at all levels of the education system since 1997. Until now, this resource hadn't been updated since 2008. That is a long time. Keisha, what were you doing in 2008? Well, 2008, well, I was single, working for another association, no husband and no kids. Woohoo! <laughs> Fancy free. <laughs> yeah, I've had a lot of time on my hands and I didn't know it. <laughs> <laughs> well, clearly these revisions were long overdue, but I know our listeners may be wondering, why should I care about this as a tool for schools, districts, and even state education agencies? It's a really good question that you're asking, Helen, and I think understanding what the standards are, what are those key tenets, will really help people understand why it's so important for building strong partnerships. That's right. Those key tenets are welcome all families, communicate effectively, support student success, speak up for every child, share power, and collaborate with the community. Yeah. Learning about family engagement policy can make us more effective PTA leaders, more informed community members, and stronger advocates for our own children. That's why what you just shared, Helen, is so important. And today we're excited to welcome Dr. Darcy Hutchins to the show to introduce us to the world of family engagement policy. Darcy Hutchins holds a Ph.D. in education policy from the University of Maryland College Park and is currently the director of family school community partnerships for the Colorado Department of Education. In her role, she provides support to districts implementing family school partnership programs, and she staffs the State Advisory Council for Parent Involvement. And she also teaches in the School of Education at the University of Denver. You are a busy lady doing important things. Welcome, Darcy. Thank you, Keisha. Thank you, Helen, for having me. Well, we're so happy to have you here today. Can you start by sharing a bit about yourself and what makes you so passionate about family engagement policy? So when you say a bit about myself, are you thinking that I'm a diehard Yankees fan (laughs) and love cats or specific to family engagement? (laughs) I'm a huge Yankees fan and I love cats. But (laughs) when it comes to family school community partnerships, I actually started my career teaching first grade in Baltimore City schools. And it was teaching first grade in the classroom where I really developed a huge passion for back then what we called parent involvement. And looking back over the 20 plus years of my career, it's been really interesting to see how the stars have all sort of aligned. So I was working on my master's while also teaching. And my master's degree is actually in family school and community partnerships from Johns Hopkins. And right when I was finishing that program, there was a job opening up at Hopkins, working with Dr. Joyce Epstein, so working with one of my idols. I was there, which is when I met Helen in the mid-2000s, and I would travel all over the country, and I had the opportunity to 
take a firsthand look at what schools and districts were doing for family engagement. So the passion grew even more. And then I would say I could tell when it was time to move on for a new challenge, which is right around when I finished my doctorate. And again, stars aligned and some legislation passed in Colorado, Senate Bill 13193, that created my position now at the department. And on a whim, moved out here, didn't know anybody out here. But it's been nice to really take what I learned as a classroom teacher and all of the research and best practice that I gained over the eight years that I was at Johns Hopkins to now actually apply it and do the fun work of implementing it at a state education agency. That's really awesome. Well, Darcy, we are so happy for you to bring that expertise here today. I want to start off with a question about, as a parent, it's like you really know how to make change sometimes in your classroom, then like a little bit in your school, then maybe your district. But what a state education agency actually does is a little hard to wrap your head around, particularly when it comes to family engagement, which feels like such an intimate partnership. Could you tell our listeners a little bit about your department's role? What can they expect when it comes to family engagement policy at the state level? Yeah, absolutely. And I will just preface what I'm about to say with I've been at the Colorado Department of Education now for almost exactly nine years, and I'm still trying to figure out <laughs> what a state education agency <laughs> does. And everyone is different. So, you know, uh. it's a little bit of an enigma. So I hope the listeners will know that what I'm about to say isn't necessarily universal for all state education agencies, but it's what we do in Colorado. My role falls under three buckets. So the main part of my job is supporting district-level staff. The State Department works with districts who work with schools, who then work most directly with families and students. The reality is I'm a bit removed, for the most part, from actual parents. I really view the state education agency's role as helping to connect districts with best and promising practices, resource, and really in implementing state and federal education laws as they pertain to family engagement. I also help coordinate across the department's family engagement efforts. And then I also staff, as Keisha mentioned, SACPI, so the State Advisory Council for Parent Involvement in Education. It's a legislated body of 24 members we have one parent per congressional district in Colorado. It has nonprofit agencies. It has school board, school executive, teachers, different state departments. So it's a pretty broad body that informs preschool through higher education, family school community partnerships. So I think I'm hearing states you do some coordination, training, some monitoring, make sure they're doing what they're supposed to, and probably funding. That is all <laughs> accurate. So it's interesting because I'm a fully state-funded position. Uh huh. So when it comes to the Every Student Succeeds Act, Section 1116, so that's a family engagement piece of federal legislation, I don't do any monitoring for compliance. So oh, what I do, it is interesting, right? And mm. not all state departments are 
like that because a lot of my counterparts in other state departments are the Title I specialist, for example, for family mm-hmm. engagement. So I provide the support, the training, the professional development, the technical assistance, so more of that one-on-one and cohorts coaching Mm-hmm. if you will, so that when schools and districts are monitored for compliance for Title I, for example, then they are found in compliance and not just a bare minimum of what they should be doing, but really exceeding expectations. Mm, that is helpful. Thank you. You're welcome. Could you tell us a little bit, Darcy, about your approach to family school partnerships and what challenges you regularly see in this work? When I was a classroom teacher, my approach to family engagement was let's get parents in the door. Let's Mm -hmm. communicate with parents. Again, now updated terminology, families Mm -hmm. to be more inclusive. I would say as I spent my eight-year tenure at Hopkins, I really saw the critical need for a systemic Mm. support system for family engagement. And that's really the only way we're going to move beyond those random acts of partnership to make sure that family engagement is integrated and elevated into everything that schools and districts do, because I think that's the ultimate goal for student outcomes, obviously. I would say my area of expertise is how do you organize sustainable and scalable structures in schools and districts to support student outcomes through Mm -hmm. family, school, community partnerships. In terms of the challenges, I don't think this podcast is long (laughs) enough (laughs) to really get into all of them. I will say something that I'm currently seeing, and it's probably what I've seen throughout my entire career, is that family engagement is often backburnered when there are more pressing or urgent educational things to address. I can beat my head against the wall and talk till I'm blue in the face about the importance of having proactive family engagement and how that's actually the most cost-effective school improvement strategy. It's so critical. It will save you such headache down the road. But preaching it and practicing it are two different things. Mm. And I'll give you a quick example. So in one of the districts that I'm currently working fairly closely with, there is a director of family engagement in that district. And between staff shortages and just attendance and truancy issue that's arisen, that director of family engagement is now also over attendance for the district, particularly around the truancy. And the fact that staff are connecting family engagement with truancy, that reactive piece Mm. is, I would say, frustrating for me, but not necessarily uncommon. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think you have a unique vantage point being at the state level. And for us as parents and our listeners, it's like, well, how do you know if it's really being valued at the district. And I think that that's a good example. You've got someone dedicated to it who doesn't necessarily have 10 other jobs or even one huge other job on their plates. We talked at the top of this episode about the National Standards for Family School Partnerships. Could you share a little bit about how you're using those in Colorado and 
what you think parents should be looking for and asking for when it comes to making sure there's some consistency in how this work is implemented? Yeah, absolutely. So the short answer to your question is the national standards for family school partnerships are embedded in pretty much everything that we do. I would say it's in big part because the standards are written into Colorado legislation in Senate Bill 0990, so dating back to 2009. It's the same legislation that created SACPI, that advisory council. It also said that at the state level, we need to align our partnership work with the national standards. So I would say that's not the only reason why I implement them, but that Mm -hmm. does give teeth to it and supports the work that we're doing. It was a really easy one-to-one switch for me coming out to Colorado. That's right. So Keisha, you asked me, what is my approach to family engagement? And I mentioned the organizational structure. So what was hammered into me during my Hopkins days is that there are four components of a comprehensive partnership structure in schools. So you have a framework, you form a team, you write a plan, and you evaluate. The national standards are that framework. They're the way that we encourage primarily schools, but also districts to categorize their activities. So in order to have a comprehensive partnership structure in place, you want to make sure that you are hitting on all of those standards. Now, going to your question about what parents should maybe be looking for in schools. In Colorado, we have what's called the school accountability committees. There are school accountability committees and district accountability committees. So general terminology is probably a school improvement team. So whatever Mm -hmm. your state calls them, that's what every Mm -hmm. school has. Some schools are mandated to do this, but we encourage that all schools involve families in two different ways. So involve families as stakeholders in drafting the plan. In Colorado, we call it the Unified Improvement Plan. And then the second way is actually having family engagement as a school improvement strategy on their Unified Improvement Plan. So families as a stakeholder voice and Mm -hmm. as a school improvement strategy. Mm -hmm. So I would encourage parents... First of all, to ask, does the school have a school improvement team? How can I be involved? Where is it written on the plan? Because this should all be public information. So finding out if family engagement is either a goal, a priority, in Colorado we call it a major improvement strategy, or maybe it's an action step to achieve a major improvement strategy. I don't want to say it's an easy step. I'll say it's a simple idea that families could do a little digging probably on their own because it should be a public on the school's website. Should be. It's the optimal <laughs> two words, the optimal phrase. <laughs> and now for a quick break. Did you know that more than 71% of parents of school-aged children are concerned about students accessing harmful content while using a school-issued device? GoGuardian helps schools create effective, engaging, and safer learning environments. Recently, National PTA and GoGuardian partnered together to create a parent resource about digital safety technology and how to evaluate your school's digital safety plan. View the guide and learn more at onevoice.pta.org slash student online safety. So I selfishly 
was excited to hear that you started out as a first grade teacher. My Aww. son is in first grade. It's the best grade. It's the absolute best grade. <laughs> What would you say to parents? We talked about helping parents understand what they should know when it comes to what the state is doing to support foundations for family school partnerships. What would you tell them is one or two of the most important things they need to know about family engagement and helping empower them as the families and also students to build strong relationships with their schools? Thanks, Keisha. That's a great question. And I would say it's really tricky, to be honest, I'm not going to sugarcoat it, because so much of it is dependent on the school and (laughs) how welcoming they are of families and how willing they are to bring families in to share power. I just touched on two of the standards right there, welcoming community Mm -hmm. and sharing power. As I've spoken to many families in Colorado and across the country, the relationships that students have with their teacher is often determined, honestly, a lot by the relationship that the teacher has with the family. I did my dissertation on that in middle school to find out how the relationships between district staff, Mm -hmm. school staff, and families impact how the schools interact with students. I would say, while we recommend that schools are the ones who should initially reach out to families, school staff, particularly the principal, should not just sit back and wait for families to come to them. But if school staff don't initiate that contact, I would recommend the parents with no ulterior motive other than to say, hi, I'm Helen Westmoreland, just wanted to introduce myself to get to know the teacher. I would also say to look for opportunities to volunteer. And let me preface that by saying volunteer has a very broad definition, or it should have a broad definition. So we recommend that volunteering is either in the school, for the school, or as audience members. Mm. I know, obviously, a lot of families Mm. are working during the day, aren't able to be in the school building. That's fine. There's still lots of ways that they can still support the school. And those little gestures will show the staff that families care about the school, about their children. But again, it's tricky because a lot of it is up to how school staff receive it. Mm. Something that I would like all families to know. So this comes from research. William Jaynes has done Mm -hmm. multiple meta-analyses about what forms of family engagement are most impactful for student outcomes. And a lot of his research was done in secondary schools. And what he found is that the more subtle forms of engagement are more impactful than the overt forms of engagement. So asking your child, what did you learn in school today? Having high expectations, that's more impactful than being in the school and volunteering, as I just said, Mm -hmm. than being on the school improvement team. It's more impactful to Mm -hmm. have those subtle forms of engagement. It's really empowering. And from my vantage point, I definitely always think like, how does this impact what I'm going through right now? So I think a lot of the parents are thinking, how does all of this family engagement policy impacts me and my child and my child's school and the district? So all of this information is super helpful. 
Good. And I will say, too, your question, Keisha, is really challenging for me. And it's honestly why I like working with districts and schools so much to encourage them to be the ones receiving families, because it's really hard talking directly with families who I'm sure so much feels out of their control. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted I to acknowledge that as well. It's really hard. It's really challenging. You must have read my mind because that's what I was thinking. You prefaced your answer with hopefully your school is doing proactive outreach. Hopefully yeah. they're doing these things, but they might not be. I know for many parents, they do feel frustrated. Like I'm trying to get in and I can't get in. Is there a role at the state education agency level around resolving some of that conflict? What is the process if a district or school is just chronically not being a good partner to their parents? What is the avenue for fixing that if you're a parent in your community? That's a great question, Helen. And my not very good answer is it depends on the state education agency. (laughs) So for example, in Colorado, we are a very local control state, as a lot of states are. So a lot of the control is left up to school districts as opposed to at the state department. So that said, I actually just got a phone call last week from a parent. I was wondering, I'm like, do parents call you complaining? Very rarely. I may Uh get like five complaints max in a year. So truly not a lot. I think if I was in the special ed unit, Mm -hmm. then that would be different because I do have a person who only deals with complaints. In my role, no, I don't get a lot of complaints. When I do, it's often questions about the school accountability committee Mm -hmm. and parents who are frustrated that there either isn't one or the principal is ahead of it, even though in legislation it says that a parent needs to be the chair or co-chair. And I can give them some suggestions of what's worked in other schools and districts. But ultimately, my answer to them has to be, well, that's up to your local school board. You need to talk to your local school board about that because this local school board are the ones to hold Districts district. and schools mm. accountable. Mm, that is good advice. Very good advice. Well, this has been really informative. You shared some really great information to help families understand the big picture when it comes to family engagement, especially at the state level. Out of everything we discussed today, what do you want listeners to walk away understanding about family engagement policy? About family engagement policy. I will answer your question, but I also want to add another question. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) That's okay. So in terms of family engagement policy, I would say get to know what your district's policy is because Mm. families should be involved in the development of policy in the evaluation of a family engagement policy. And that's part of federal law, part of ESSA, the Every Student Succeeds Act. In Colorado, in state policy, it says that families should help schools and districts implement the district's family engagement policy. So between state and federal legislation, families are involved or should be throughout the whole process. So that's my piece of advice is get to know what your policy says, because you as a parent can either use that as some leverage 
if things aren't necessarily going the way you hope they would when partnering with your child's school, but also it might give you some ideas in either how you can be supporting learning at home, supporting the community, because in Section 1116 of ESSA, it has a whole section about capacity building opportunities for both staff and families. Mm -hmm. And then the question I would like to add is what advice do you have about family engagement in general? So not just policy. Mm -hmm. I would say oftentimes my experience has been that people think that family engagement just happens or it's just Mm. fluff And one of my colleagues at University of Denver, she said something to me two years ago that has really stuck with me. And she said, the thing that people need to know about family engagement is that it's soft skills based on hard facts. Mm. So we have decades and decades worth of research showing us the importance of it and how to do it and why we need to do it. But a lot of it really is the more relational soft skills. And it doesn't mean that it's not important, but Mm -hmm. that's the reality of it. It's about building trust. When I was teaching first grade, I would say the most impactful thing I did was I got to know my students' parents' names, first Mm -hmm. and last name. And Mm -hmm. that made a huge difference because it showed that I cared. Yeah. And did anyone teach you to do that? Nobody taught me. I'm just brilliant. No. (laughs) We agree. (laughs) No, no. Honestly, forming relationships is something that comes more naturally to me. It's just one of my more innate skills. I have a whole lot of things that don't come naturally to me, but that's one of the ones that did. And then it was only, again, looking back, reflecting on my career that I could really see that the simplest ideas, which don't mean that they're the easiest to implement, but the simplest ideas were often the best ideas. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Thank you. Well, Darcy, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. I had a great time. I feel we have learned a lot. And to our audience listening, thank you for joining us. We encourage you to visit pta.org slash standards to explore more resources related to family school partnership policy. If you're listening on the release day of this episode, we also hope you will join us live tomorrow, November 17th, which is National Parent Involvement Day at 7 p.m. Eastern time for a virtual town hall celebrating the launch of the updated standards. I'll also be sharing brand new family engagement data from our recent national survey of families and the recording will be available after the event. Please be sure to check it out and tune in for more information. Thank you for tuning in to Notes from the Backpack, a PTA podcast. Be sure to follow us on social media at National PTA and online at pta.org forward slash backpack notes. <laughs>